The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Opinions. Everybody's got one. You know the rest. The trick is finding one that's actually backed up by expert analysis and accurate information. The word is trust. And we've got plenty of it to go around. Get the winning edge. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Live on, live, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. Come back! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. It's level three. We're cooking with Kurtz. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Morenci. Uh, Steve Merrill will join us in a couple of moments, a couple more minutes with Kurtz uh, here. So, yeah, we're talking Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving football. I want more picks from Kurtz. Yeah, we'll catch up with Kurtz on Sunday. I'm sort of lost. I don't know why. Um, I, I kind of only ever really know what day of the week it is through the guest on the shows, George. That's how my life goes. You know what I mean? I know Mondays, yeah, Kurtz comes on, but I've been thrown off because Steve Merrill's joining us tonight. He normally joins me on Tuesday. And like I said, I just, I don't know, all these days are sort of merging into one. It feels like last night, you know, from tonight's game, last night's game, it's just all one day. Um, so me and um, me and Cam, somebody's got to work, Kurtz, all right? Well, you're off like, uh, you know, taking a nap after the chip at the fan and all the nice, uh, all the nice sides and everything. Somebody's got to show up and keep the lights on at this place. And I guess the, the victims are me and Cam. And I volunteer because the Buffalo Bills, I was like, you know, I'll do the Bills game because there's no sports rage. We're not going to be on Thursday night. So we're doing the Bills game. And I figured, you know what? I think Cam will enjoy this as well. Um, I think Cam actually owes me a bucket of chicken. I think he lost a bet on the air, actually. I think he did. (laughs) I'm I'm telling you, he did. Uh, He does owe me a bucket of chicken. (laughs) When me and Cam bet, when we get angry with each other on the air, George, we'll bet a bucket of KFC. (laughs) It's like, yeah, all right, a bucket of KFC. And uh, I'm pretty sure he owes me a bucket of KFC, actually. I'm pretty sure. I'm going to bring that up tomorrow. Um, yeah, I think on the air, that's what we're going to do. We're going to have a nice Thanksgiving uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken Thanksgiving Day feast. So you can think of us, George. Tune in and watch the show for a couple minutes if you want. Me and Cam will be on during the Bills and the Saints game. I'll have you on on the way home. Uh, maybe. Let's, let's see. Uh, I, might, I might not because, uh, once again, I might want to watch. Oh, game. you don't want to get these spoiled. Right, but if it's a no, no, I won't mention the score. Don't worry. Oh yeah, I'm sure you won't tell. All right, he won't be cursing if they're down. No, not at all. It'll be nice and calm game. Uh, that's the only thing. That's the only reason why I wouldn't uh, is uh, because of that. Because I, I might want to watch the game when I come home. But I, for all I know, I'm going to be there uh, all night with my uh, at my mom's. I don't get to see her all that much anymore because of uh, COVID, of course. So I want to spend time. But let's face it, I'm married. When my wife wants to go home, I'm going home. It's really and nice. then. And then you do it all over again at Christmas time, a month later? 
Exactly. Same thing. Back to moms. Yes, uh, these Thanksgiving and Christmas. Canada's got it. Uh, Can- Can- Canadians know it. Uh, they're smarter. They put the Thanksgiving in October. Right? It's just, it makes more sense. So that, that way you don't have to, like, travel and do that thing, like, a month apart. You know what I'm saying? I got to be honest. Like I said, I've said it before and I'm saying it again. Like, I'm not doing both of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. I'm, I'm not doing both of that stuff. Like, I'll do. I'll pick one. You know what I mean? For me, like I said, I don't, I get it. I get it. And, you know, with, with people with families and stuff, I totally understand it. But, like, you know, the turkey and the gravy's good and stuff. But, like, dear God, that's a lot of, you know, for people that travel and all that, like, oh, my God. It's like, really? All right, hold on, Kurtz. Let's get some uh, picks on the way out of here. The Late Night Anger Man's Request. This is Portridge. I am Renzi. The Pips, the Players, the Hustlers, the George Kurtzes, the Steve Merrill. Steve Merrill from Wager Talk will join us in a couple of moments. We'll get his takes on the Thanksgiving Day games as well as the College Rivalry Week. We're cooking with Kurtz right now. It's Thanksgiving uh, week, and unfortunately, I think, I don't know, maybe we'll do Popeyes, though. Maybe I'll do Popeyes or a lot of times, actually, the casinos and the hotels. Yeah, maybe I can order turkey or something, too. But we'll be on live during the Buffalo Bill game on Thursday night. And we put together a parlay here. Detroit Lions to win, Cowboys to win, Buffalo Bills to win. Shaking it up with the uh, the Lions. That's what makes it. Uh, that's what the, that's where the, the, the money comes from. Plus 403. George Kurtz, what do you think of the rest of the NFL this week? Uh, what, what catches your eye on the card uh, before we get you out of here? Yeah, I think, listen, uh, I, can't, I think the Philadelphia Eagles are making the playoffs. I love their schedule. They play with Giants this week. Giants come off another loss, demoralizing, played like crap tonight. I'm all in on the Eagles. All right, I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now. I love their schedule. If you look at the Philadelphia Eagles schedule, they're playing nothing. They play with Giants and Jets three times. They watch the football team twice, and they got a game against Dallas. Last game of the season, maybe it means nothing for Dallas then. I can't see how Philadelphia doesn't make the playoffs. They beat Carolina. They beat New Orleans, so they have a tiebreaker over those two teams. They did lose to San Francisco. They would lose a tiebreaker there. But I love the Eagles this weekend. I think they take care of business at the Giants. Again, the Giants historically, I know it doesn't mean anything, but they never, they never play well against the Eagles anyway. Give me the Eagles. No, and they don't, especially at home, too. And I, I was talking about that over the weekend. Um, I've been to Eagles and Giant games. There's an incredible amount of uh, Eagle fans in the New York area, but in, especially in Jersey, right? And um, they take that stadium over. And Giant fans are embarrassed anyways. It's not like the Giant fans are enthused. That number has already moved, guys. The Eagles were three after the Giants' performance tonight. Now there's three and a half up on the board. Philadelphia Eagles lay three and a half to the Giants. Big, big game with the Green Bay Packers. And we got 30 seconds, Kurtz. I find it interesting. Rodgers keeps talking about his toe. Sort of a little bit of a distraction. Well, whatever, bro. You guys are one and two since all that went down. And now all my toe hurts. My toe hurts. They get the Rams. Who you like in that game? Rams coming up a bye. Almost always going to like the bye. They couldn't cover. Jefferson and Thielen. I don't think they can cover Cup. George Kurtz. Happy Thanksgiving, Kurtz. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. The Late Night Anger Management Class. Steve Merrill. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. 
the collide of football pads, the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. The late night anger management class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Marinci. We're breaking it down on the Monday night that meltdown. And normally Steve Merrill joins us on the Twisted Tuesday or the Friday Night Freak Show or on TV on Fridays. But considering he's been joining us uh, for about 17 years now uh, or so, he's probably joined us every day of the week at some point in time. He joins us on Monday night uh, tonight due to the fact that it is Thanksgiving and um, Steve is unable to join us tomorrow night and we're off on Friday. So let's talk some Thanksgiving football and we definitely have to get in to to rivalry week uh, as well on the grid. Uh, Steve Merrill, wagertalk.com. Always a pleasure, Steve. How you doing? Yeah, Gabe, it's a uh, it's a busy week of sports, to say the least. Oh, my God, it's crazy, isn't it? And listen, it's always a cool week, you know, when when the 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 rivalries uh, come, to, you know, come to play, you know, the game and the Iron Bowl and all this. But and Bedlam, but there's so much more at stake uh, this year than ever before. But we'll get into that in a couple of minutes. Let's start off with what comes up first. Thanksgiving. And I find it interesting, Steve, that all six teams playing on Thanksgiving are all coming off of losses. Chicago, Detroit, Las Vegas, Dallas, Buffalo, and New Orleans. All six teams coming off of losses. Yeah, there's actually some angles. Uh, Ralph Michaels brought it up weeks ago in Wager Talk Today um, that there's a lot of situations in which teams will look ahead Thursday game in general haven't fared well over the years. So, you know, it caught my attention the other week, and I was thinking yesterday, I was like, man, a lot of these teams playing on Thanksgiving aren't doing well. So I looked at the schedule, and you're right. I put that out on Twitter last night. They went 0-6 straight up, 1-5 against the spread. The Lions were the only team to cover, losing by three as a two-touchdown dog. Now, the Bears technically didn't cover the closing line, uh, you know, but they did cover the earlier line the week before Lamar Jackson was ruled out. So technically 0-6 straight up for sure, maybe 1-5 against the spread, the uh, teams playing this Thursday. So, Steve, there'll be millions of families uh, gathering and then complaining. Why are the Detroit Lions on TV? <laughs> and other people will be like, well, I'm not worried about the Lion game. I'll get to the, I'll get to the, my uncle's house or the cousin's house uh, for the Cowboys and the Raiders game. But I guess you have to be a better or a diehard sort of NFL fan to sort of get it. But the fact that they haven't won a game makes it even cooler, actually, this game. Makes it more special, actually. Yeah, and it's not like the Bears are exactly a dominant team, right? So, I mean, this is a very uh, winnable situation uh, for the Detroit Lions. And it's interesting, the uh, advanced look-ahead line way back in August, the headlines out for these games, I was looking them up today, was uh, three. And that's pretty much uh, where it stood when it opened here. Now we're seeing three and a half. So it's pretty much where we thought it would be four or five months ago. Obviously, I think both everyone thought Chicago would be better and Detroit would be competitive. Now they're just both not very good, and they're still a three-point favorite. I'll tell you what, listen, the Detroit Lions haven't won a football game, uh, Steve, but they are 6-4 and four against the spread. 
Right. right, they've been very, very competitive and profitable at a sixty percent uh, clip. You can't say the same. And in fact, the the Bears are four and six. This was the game. This was the week uh, that I've had circled for a while uh, that the Lions are going to win, and it would be just ultra special to to deliver for their fans on Thanksgiving that have been through so much. And it's only one win, but this team's been competitive, Steve. They play, you know, they play their heart out, man. And as I stated, I can't, I can't look away. They're going to cover the point spread. If they lose, they'll lose a heartbreaker like they always do. But, you know, they've been better on the road. They're 0-4 at home, Steve, but I think this is the spot. Are you calling it? I say the Lions win. They get their first win uh, with Tim Boyle at quarterback, too. It's funny because even though they're winless, the only winless team in the league, and by far, like, you know, the only team with everybody else has two wins. I mean, they're far behind everybody else in wins. Um, the public still has been jumping on them quite often. And just some early numbers I'm looking at as we head into the week here. Uh, it does look like the public's going to be on Detroit in this game. So I think what you're saying is actually what kind of people are thinking is like, yeah, this is the game they're going to get. So, you know, I'm always leery of those public dogs, especially bad teams. And it, it reminds me of uh, back when these teams first played on October 3rd. It was the first time all year on my fade the public video that we had a public dog this year in the NFL. And it was the Detroit lions plus three, and they lost by 10 against these bears. And then you fast forward a month later, Halloween, October 31st, probably the most square play I've seen all season in football was everybody liking the lions at home as a three point dog against the Eagles. I've even got buddies that are Eagle fans that told me that weekend, I got to like Detroit. What happens? Eagles go out and win 44 to six. So it's funny, Gabe, they're 0 and nine, but like you said, they've been covering spreads yeah, except those two game. times. They've look actually the gone four and one on all other games other than those yep. two I just mentioned. So yeah, the public exactly. has been like dead wrong on the Lions. I've just bet them every game. That's just been my way of going about it. <laughs> I've just been basically along for the ride and just accepting the blowout every now and then. That was sort of a bad spot against the Eagles. Um, you know, like we said, this this is it. This is the spot. I'm calling it. The Detroit Lions are winning this football game. Um, so other two more teams coming off of losses: the Raiders and the Cowboys. Uh, Steve, and the Cowboys are a pretty beat-up team, and obviously, guys, it's Monday right now, and these games are Thursday, and me and Steve aren't NFL doctors. We don't have the early medical reports, uh, but, you know, we, we sort of have a general guideline of what's going on here. The Cowboys are going to be beat up, uh, right? Cooper Cooper out, C.D. Lamb uh, with the concussion, uh, but the Raiders, the wheels are falling off right now, Steve, uh, though they're getting seven, total 51 in that game. What do you think about that one? Well, the biggest thing that jumped out to me about this game, obviously, is the current over-under versus what it was a week ago. Before these two teams played this past Sunday, uh, the look-ahead over-under line, with the line was going to be Dallas 7. Both Dallas and the Raiders don't look good. It's still 7. Uh, but the offenses didn't look good. The total has gone from a look-ahead of 54.5 last week to now 51. Wow. Even some 50.5s out there. And 51, obviously, a very key number. And both teams, good point, coming off of disappointing unders in which – I lost money. I had the Raiders. I thought the Raiders and the Bengals was going to go over. There was a late run. It got to 45, but it didn't get there. And then, of course, the, the Chiefs and the Cowboys had that massive total of 55 and a half. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Dallas particularly, they go from scoring, what, 40-some, you know, the week before. I think they put up, what was it, 43-3 against Atlanta. They go from scoring 43, their second-best offensive showing of the season, then they scored nine just seven days later um, and really struggled to move the ball. So not a surprise that this total has dropped, but you've got a Raiders team that's now scored 16 or less in three straight games. All three they've lost, failed to cover. Do you know the Raiders are in the top five worst scoring margins in the league? And there's some really bad teams there like Jacksonville, Jets, you know. So we all kind of knew the Raiders were a little bit overrated when they started the year five and two. Uh, now they're five and five. It looks like the odds makers of public have kind of caught on. You know, it's one of those games where 
it's hard to buy into the Cowboys. Historically, Steve, they've never been good home favorites, right? But we saw them beat down the Atlanta Falcons, yet we've also seen them get beaten down by the Denver Broncos. I just don't have any confidence in this in this Raider team at all uh, right now. And I do believe Dallas will bounce back. How I approach it, I, I you know, we'll figure it out uh, as we go. Well, listen, if I'm liking the Detroit Lions uh, on the money line, I guess I'll get cocky. I'll put the Cowboys in a parlay, Steve. <laughs> Lions, Lions and uh, Dallas Cowboys. And then, you know, we get into my Buffalo Bills uh, who are playing. And, Steve, I was, you know, I'm a diehard Bills fan, buddy, but I was saying it over and over and over. I didn't understand why the Bills were Super Bowl favorites. I thought they were overhyped. I didn't understand, and I was talking about Josh Allen, uh, and he was listed as the um, the favorite to be the most valuable player uh, of the National Football League last week. He was plus 200. He was like an overwhelming favorite, and he's not playing great football. The Bills' numbers are extremely deceptive, Steve, because, you know, like they're, you know, second-highest scoring team in the league and one of the top scoring defenses in the league. Like all of their metrics, when you look at them on your screen, they're all very impressive, yet – they still find ways to lose football games, Steve. And here they are now laying four, except the Saints have big problems right now. Yeah, one thing that jumps out to me, talk about the, the metrics and stuff, is you got to factor in schedule strength. And normally when you're this, you know, late into the season where the teams are over, over halfway through, it kind of evens out. But the Bills have still played a very weak schedule for the most part. Um, and, you know, they played the Jets in Jacksonville. The free, they played Miami, Jacksonville, and Jets the previous three weeks before getting blown out here by the Colts. But Don't forget about that Houston game. Houston, <laughs> Washington football team, when they were playing terrible, they're playing better now, but they were terrible back in September. Really weak schedule. And the game that's still hard for me to justify is that Jacksonville loss. Like, I know everyone could be flat at times, but it wasn't just that they lost outright as a 14-point road favorite. It's that they only scored six total points, and they were a good offensive team. At least we thought they were. And then you look and put up only 15 this past Sunday as a seven-point home favorite against the Colts. And then you see on top of that, Gabe, what the 49ers did in a really bad spot after the Monday night upset win and the look ahead this week. They go into Jacksonville and just throttle the Jags on Sunday. Um, yeah, something's not right in Buffalo right now. I think you got to be very careful. And then you look at the public right now, early consensus here as we head into the week. Public looks like they're slightly on the bills in this game, 60-65%. Oh, they'll buy so, back in. Yeah, they'll they're not jumping ship the yet. Bills. Steve Merrill with us. WagerTalk.com. Late Night Anger Match Podcast continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? (laughs) Yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. 
Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Branson. We're kicking it. It's the Monday Night Meltdown. Steve Merrill, wagertalk.com. Kicking it was on Sirius XM Channel 159, the mightier 1090. So, Steve, before we get uh, into the college uh, football, we were just wrapping up the Buffalo Bills and the New Orleans Saints. The Bills have historically been a pretty good road team. Um, I don't know, but we've been down this road before, as you talked about with the Bills. You know, after the Jags game, you know, they they stopped playing music at practice, and the mood became different at practice. Uh, and and then, you know, they win a football game, but it's against the Jets. Now I'm hearing the, you know, the mood uh, today was somber. And, you know, McDermott said, you know, guys are kind of rattled right now and angry. And they also talked about how players are very angry. It's a short week. Uh, you know, without Kamara, the Saints, though, just they just don't have enough juice. They have so many injuries, the Saints. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, one thing about, um, you know, the short week is it definitely doesn't favor the road teams. We've talked about that because both teams are on three days of rest and prep. But then you lose a day basically with travel, you know, Buffalo situation. And it's hard to imagine they're going to flip a switch and fix something all of a sudden after scoring 15 and six and a pair of outright losses two of the last three weeks as a touchdown or more favorite. I argue, Steve, that they're happy to get back on the field as quickly. I think there could be something to that. And like you just said, it's not doing New Orleans any favors either with their banged up quarterback running back situations. You know, obviously yeah, they're at least banged Buffalo up. Buffalo are healthy. Buffalo just right. lost at least. Right. That's and, and yeah, the Saints yeah. have lost three straight, you know, but what's interesting about the Saints game is they're actually scoring. You would think, oh, they're just not scoring with those offensive problems, but they've put up 21 or more now in four straight games, 25 or more in two of those three losses, uh, four straight over six of their last seven have gone over. Um, so the question for me is, you know, can Buffalo bounce back offensively here on a short week? Because uh, New Orleans is struggling defensively. Steve Merrill, wagertalk.com, throwing it down with us. All right, uh, Steve, there's a lot, so many games I want to get to. But we got to start off with my Michigan Wolverines. Michigan and Ohio State, this game is as big as it gets. On on Sunday night, we were talking about this game last night with Dave Sharapen, and the number was 7.5 uh, at FanDuel. And it was 64 and a half. It's currently eight and a half right now, Steve. And 63 and a half. Fascinating matchup. They both come in with very, very similar numbers on both sides of the football. The big key here is there's a couple of keys, obviously, but Ohio State, you know, they their their pass defense. And I don't know if their pass defense isn't very good. Or it's just the fact that they're blowing teams out, right? And they're giving up yards, Steve. So I don't know which side of the fence you're on about that. But they're ranked 99th in the country. They give up 251 yards a game. They're, you know, Michigan, Michigan's, you know, not a passing attack, uh, but they were pretty successful with big plays when they did throw the football. They throw for 229 yards a game. What do you make about pretty much the game of the century here, Merrill? What's your take? So, Gabe, I was looking up uh, the advanced lines from August. What do you think the look-ahead line was this summer for this game? Because I looked it up today. 14 and a half? Pretty close. Yeah, good. I was going to say, do you think it was more than 10? Yeah, it was 13. 13 and it yeah, probably 30, was. Yeah, it, yeah. It, I was going to say 13 and a half, but I said four. It yeah. just sort of slipped out 14. And, and, I, and I was looking at just one specific offshore book. I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah. spots it had it. So, I saw 13, but it could have been a 14. So, yeah, you're pretty close. But, I mean, basically, it was almost two touchdowns. So, 
I saw the win last week, Steve, throw a four and a half out, and I thought it was low. And I guess they sat that. I don't know. I guess they were just wrong with that, or they were just trying to get money in on it. So I was looking Saturday night after both teams won easily, and there were bettable lines in about seven or eight different books all around the world. And I saw anywhere from six to eight. <laughs> so I put yeah, out it's on, all over the place, huh? Yeah. And those are key numbers. You know, obviously seven each way is a key number. And I put out the look ahead is seven, kind of where it opened six and a half, seven. And like you said, there's seven and a half, eights out there now. Uh, the one this summer was saying 13. But obviously, Ohio State was considered to be a playoff caliber team. Michigan's obviously 10 and one better than people were expecting them to be this late in the season. Um, what you point out, though, about the run matchup, I think, is the key here. Ohio State's pass defense is definitely their weakness. And uh, Michigan is more of a run-based offense. Uh, they run the ball, you know, almost 65 70% of the plays. Now, granted, they have had big leads, but they are a run-based team. Um, so I think that's a favorable matchup for Ohio State, but it's a dangerous spot here. The other thing, of course, that jumps out to you is the Harbaugh factor. I know you're a huge Michigan guy. You know, he does have a history of not doing well in these games in recent years. Uh, the question becomes, is this a better Michigan program that he has maybe than he has in the years past? Ohio State are still, I mean, they're more explosive, but... Michigan's defense has some elite players on them, right? And on the field. They're, you know, they're just going to have to step up and they're going to have to make some plays here. Eight and a half, 63 and a half. Not the only big game. So, you know, we'll focus a lot on this game throughout the week, but it's not the only big one. You know, Auburn, you know, it's just a few weeks ago, Auburn were in the mix, actually, and the wheels fell off. Bo Nix gets hurt. Uh, Finley's in at quarterback. Alabama laid 19 and a half. I'd like to sort of say, well, it's the Iron Bowl and anything can happen, but it seems like Auburn have just hit a wall, Steve, over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's interesting. The look-ahead line on this game in August was 17. So this one's a little bit higher than the look-ahead. And um, you wouldn't necessarily have thought that because Alabama's looked, you know, human this year. But I guess a lot of people coming into the season thought they were going to be weaker because they did lose six picks in the top 24 of the NFL draft. They lost half the offense basically in the first round. So um, I guess that's maybe why it's priced where it was. But, yeah, it's around 20 now, so it's a little bit higher. Um, you know, I thought Arkansas was a dangerous underdog last week, so it didn't surprise me they played Alabama close. I actually think Arkansas is better than Auburn. Um, you just wonder, you know, what Auburn, Auburn has left in the tank after three straight losses straight up in ATS. Um, obviously, Texas A&M a good team. They only put up three points there. And keep in mind, they caught Ole Miss off the bye week. They were playing their fifth straight game. Auburn had the bye. They've really kind of worn down since. Steve Merrill, wagertalk.com, throwing it down with us on the Monday Night Meltdown, Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Gable Morenci, Sports Grid Radio Networks, the mightier 1090. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates as well. And Steve, you know, a team, I cashed a ticket with them uh, this past uh, Saturday night. And I, I tell you what, man, this guy's just done an awesome job uh, with this program. And Jonathan Smith and the Oregon State Beavers. And, you know, these guys just cash tickets. A great ATS uh, team on the season, Steve. And you look at the Ducks. The Ducks have to be a little bit deflated right now uh, after the the national championship um, playoff, um, you know, playoff dream just fell apart and imploded uh, for them. And Oregon State, what's crazy about this game, guys? And you know, I was just loading up the number here. So, you know, the Ducks are are nine and two on the season, guys, but they're just four and seven against the spread. Uh, the Beavers are seven and four straight up, and uh, ATS as well. But also on a seven and three ATS run right now. Uh, the Beavers have been getting better as the year goes on. And what's amazing about this, Steve, just as far as the implications of it, 
Um, you know, they're the hotter team coming in here. I, I watched both games and I just saw the Beavers rolling off the field and they were already talking about this game. They're fired up for this. And if they win this game and Washington beats Washington State, the Beavers are going to the Pac-12 championship game as crazy it is. And it's hard to believe they've never played the Pac-12 championship game before. So that's the scenario. Beavers beat the Ducks and the Huskies beat the Cougars. And the Beavers are playing in a Pac-12 championship game, Steve. I think they're very live dogs in this game. Uh, well, yeah, no question. I mean, we talk about the the dream killer spots, you know. So I did Wager Talk today. I hosted on Monday afternoon, wagertalk.com, Wager the Talk. The dream TV. killer spot. I, right. Yeah, that's I like it. It's well, dream I gotta kill, Marco, I, I, gotta, <laughs> I gotta give Marco D'Angelo credit for that one. He used it today. He liked Oregon, Oregon State in this game plus seven on the show. Uh, he calls it dream crusher. So I, okay. I didn't quite. I like I like killer better. Dream killer. Did I, did I say dream killer. Okay, that'll be mine. I like it better. Dream killer's mine. All right, yeah, I think Marcus said dream crusher. So Steve Merrill will say dream killer. But of course, uh, you Teddy, know, we, I've called everyone called it the bubble burst, right? Whatever. We all get it. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so you know, Teddy of course cross examines, and he didn't disagree here. Like we all are saying, he could only play Oregon State in this spot, right? How could he possibly trust Oregon? But Teddy, being that other guy, he said, "Is it already priced into the line?" And what's interesting at the time, Gabe, I didn't have this in front of me, but I looked it up since. There was a look-ahead line on this game last week before they played. Before Oregon got crushed, it was 13. Wow. Oh, my God. So, I'm wish, I like to have that. No, we had six and a half right now, and it's moving yeah, down. So, yeah, exactly. It was seven and a half they last cut week. it in half. They've dropped it by a touchdown. That's based a good point by Teddy, actually, that it was sort of, yeah, it was made into no, the number. Maybe not, though. But like you just said, Oregon State can win this game outright, right? right? So it's not like they, they're going to win and not cover. They could lose and cover. But, yeah, I, I think it's very hard still to play Oregon here, minus seven. That was a true gr- dream crusher because – and Teddy's other point was that Iowa State-Oklahoma last week. Everyone said that about Oklahoma. But then I said the difference was that was Oklahoma's first loss. And I agree they're kind of on the outside looking in, but they're still a one-loss team. That was Oregon's second loss. They know they have no chance whatsoever now of getting in the playoffs. That has to be a dream crusher. Yeah, and Oklahoma is still, still sort of there, and a you know, big game, and then we'll wrap up with this game here, actually. Uh, it's Bedlam, and this is big-time stuff, guys, in which it's um, it's the first time, sort of like when we were talking about Michigan and Michigan State both being ranked in, in the top 10. That was the first time since, like, 1964 or something like that. This is the first time since 1984. Both teams are ranked in the APT top 10 for the first time since uh, 1984. Yet it's one of these strange deals where it could be a rematch, uh, Steve. They could play each other again. Yet I think if you win both games, they you know the winner of both games could have a, a chance of making the the playoffs still here, Steve. What do you make of this? Suddenly the Sooners are an underdog, which is ultra rare to see, man. So the look ahead line in August was Oklahoma Sooners minus eleven and a half. Now they're wow. a four and a half point dog. The look ahead line a week ago was Oklahoma minus one. So that's how far this is us off for just a week ago. Now it's three and a half. Recent memory bias. People really have it, huh? Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, But obviously Oklahoma State much better than they were expected to be. Oklahoma probably not quite as good as people thought, even at 10 and one. Uh, That defense is very suspect. They're still a below average. You know, we talked about Ohio State. Oklahoma on the road this year in four road games, they've allowed nine yards per pass play, 6.7 yards per play defensively. Now, of course, some of that was that neutral side against Texas, uh, but this Oklahoma defense is suspect. I just don't know if Oklahoma state can take advantage. They're not a great offensive team. In fact, statistically, 
They're below average running and throwing the ball when you factor in opponents played. So looks like a favorable matchup in that regard for Oklahoma. It's just not sure the Cowboys can exploit that weak Sooner defense. Steve Merrill, wagertalk.com. Thanks for joining us, Steve. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. We'll catch up with you the next week. Thanks, Gabe. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest-cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk, text, and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May Telling you, yes, yes, late night anger management class. This is sports rage. I am Gabriel Morancy throwing it down here on a Monday night meltdown. At least I think it's Monday. We're into Tuesday now, whatever. It's all good. It's football week, baby. That's all. Listen, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm sort of a little bit preoccupied with the Michigan Ohio State game, and it's really early in the week for me to be this fired up for it. But I just see, you know, I was hearing Bo Schembechler, the team, the team, the team, we're gonna win it. <laughs> it's the best. We're going to win it. The end of the season, it's going to be Michigan. Michigan. It's going to be old Michigan. Well, we're going to find out, Bo. We're going to try to do it for you, Bo. I believe Harbaugh was in the room for that speech, too. Um, we're going to try to pull it off. This football game is as big as it gets. A great weekend of college football coming up. And that's not the only big game. Uh, the Bedlam is, like, big time. All right? Bedlam is big time. Um, the the Civil War, and this is the one thing, guys. Like with the like, I don't know what are we doing here. Like we were talking about Taysom Hill getting all that money, and like, what are we doing here? That should be a new segment on the show. What are we doing here? And you know, I understand like some of the the changes in society and stuff. And basically now, unless you're storming Congress, you're considered to be woke, right? So I'm far from woke. But at the same point in time, like, you know, I don't hate all the changes in society. Yet one thing I don't understand, like, is the the little things like the college football rivalries, in which you, you pretty much change, like, all the names of this stuff, right? The Red River Shootout. You know, Oklahoma and Texas, the Red River Shootout. Great name. Oh, no, no, it's now it's the Red River Rivalry. It's like, why? Like, for what? Like, you know, like, really? So what? It wasn't a shootout at the OK Corral. You know what I mean? Like, like so what? Like, so, you know what? So, I, you know, I got to be honest. Like, Oklahoma, maybe I'm wrong about this, but when Oklahoma and Texas played each other, did anybody ever actually get shot at one of their games? No. Right? No. 
you know, like the, the you know the Washington Wizards, the Washington Bullets, the uh, the the cocktail party, the Civil War. It's no longer the Civil War. What do they call this game now, anyways? You know what's crazy? UConn and UCF. UConn and UCF play a football game, and it's really dumb, but it's called for the civil conflict. <laughs> so what, the civil conflict's all right, but the civil war is not? Does anybody really think about, like, the civil war, like when you thought about the ducks and the beavers? No. It was their state civil war football game. What, 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 do, they, what do they change the name to? I you know, it was something really lame. <laughs> and when you have a name as cool as the civil war, it's never going to work out. It's never, it's never going to work out. So what, what, what do they call this now? Like what's, uh, what's the, um, like what, what, what can you possibly come up with that's going to be anywhere near it and stuff? Like besides the Civil War, like you know, Michigan, Michigan and Ohio State. It's so cool. It's just you know, it's the game. It's all, it's all you need to say. It's the game. So the Oregon-Oregon State football rivalry, college football rivalry, played annually in the state between the Ducks and the Beavers, blah, 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 ongoing. First played in 127 years in 1894, fifth most played college football rivalry. You see, I didn't realize that. Big time. It's a uh, big time. The rivalry was officially known as the Civil War until 2020 when both schools announced on June 20th they would no longer refer to the game by that name because of its connection to the American Civil War. All right, so... Uh, they don't have a name for it now. <laughs> That's the deal. That's it. There's no. They, they didn't even bother coming up with something. Like, you know, are we still? Is it still the egg bowl? Is that offensive now? Is there too much cholesterol? Like, are people gonna flip out? Hey, that's bad for you. You can't have the egg bowl, man. That's mean to chickens, right? Like, we we can't we can't have an egg bowl. <laughs> like, you know, too much cholesterol. Like, yeah, at some point we've gone too far. So. You know, I totally, listen, I thought that the, uh, like, a good example is put it this way. I was all for the Washington football team to change their name. And I think they should probably just keep the Washington football team name. Everyone's gotten used to it. Um, you know what I mean? They needed to change that name, and they did. I, was, I wasn't one of the, oh, no, no, leave the name. Right? There's a lot of racist names out there and stuff. Right? That, that needed to be changed anyways. I don't, have a, you know, I don't have a problem with it. But when it comes to the college football rivalries and, and their names, I'm not abiding by it. I refuse to abide by it. It's the Civil War football game. And I didn't realize it's the fifth longest uh, rivalry. And like I said, it's big time. Nationally, it doesn't get the hype, obviously. It's, you know, listen, the Pacific Northwest doesn't really exist, it seems, to the rest of America uh, and the world. <laughs> Let's just call it out for what it is. Uh, but this game, man, this game is serious, man. And I tell you what, like from a betting standpoint, the Beavers are very live here. I thought the Ducks could get through unscathed. It was asking too much. <clears throat> no excuses for the Ducks because they, they would have found a way to screw it up anyways along the way. But they had like too many injuries. It was just too much to overcome. Like, it caught up to them. They lost their best running back. They didn't have their two top wide receivers the other night in Utah. They just got punched in the mouth, and they couldn't respond. It was it was too much for them. But now, and I always talk about I don't believe in look-aheads and, and all that type of stuff. But this, is, it's not, this isn't a look-ahead. It's not really a letdown. This is just reality. If you're the Ducks, 
right? Like you had you had national championship playoff aspirations. And I'm not saying if the Ducks end up in the Rose Bowl, they don't want to win the Rose Bowl, right? That's different. Like when we're talking six weeks from now, yeah, they'll be rejuvenated. But right now, don't tell me that this team is fired up. They can't be. Right, like it's it's an, you know it's annoying. They had it right there for them. They were in the playoffs. Now they're not, and it'll be even more depressing tomorrow night when they see the new rankings come out. That'll just be like another punch in the gut to them. And the Beavers are balling, right? Like this is like one of those little brother type of deals where nobody respects the Beavers. The Beavers are scrappy ass kids, man. They're a tough football team. They they don't have like seventy. They don't have seven hundred and thirty two uniform combinations. Right, they don't have like the same glitz and glamour as the ducks. You know the ducks. You know they're, they're, they're We know about the ducks, right? Like basically, they've got a dude in a beaver costume, and that's that. And they're coming to ball. They're coming to play. Jonathan Smith's done a hell of a job. I think they're a very live dog, and it's unbelievable um, that so basically, if uh, if the beavers win. So the Ducks, uh, the Ducks win the division, the Pac-12 North, uh, if they win. So they win the game, they win the Pac-12 North, they go to the Pac-12 championship game. But if Oregon State wins, Oregon State goes to the championship game, but they need Washington to beat Washington State. Oregon State have never played for the Pac-12 championship game uh, before. If you do recall, if you're old school, if you remember, they did play in a BCS bowl game. I think Chad Johnson was on the team. Remember the Beavers played in what? The Orange Bowl. Uh, So the Beavers played in the Orange Bowl. For the record, the Ducks have won 11 of the last 13 times these teams have played. But, but, you know what? This this game's going to come down to the wire, man. So just, just for the record, it's a short week for us, but we're fired up for these games. And I'm telling you right now, uh, I'm going to be on the underdog here, and I bet you know I, I bet on the Ducks a lot. Now, as far as the Michigan game is concerned, wow! You know, oftentimes I'll have a couple of glasses of wine on on Friday night after the shows, but this uh, this Friday night, no, I'm like a player. I got to be ready and be good for the team bus at like 5 a.m. <laughs> type of deal. I don't know, I'll, I'll be like a kid. Forget about holidays and all this. It's like a holiday for me. I am so fired up for this football game, and we were speaking about this with Steve Merrill a little bit. And I asked Steve, what do you think? Is it a case that Ohio State, listen, like I said, Ohio State have the 99th ranked uh, pass defense in the country. All right, ranked 99th. Not very good. They give up 251 yards a game through the air. Yet, whatever, man. Michigan have the 71st ranked passing defense. Uh, excuse me, passing uh, passing offense. So it's you know, can they exploit it? And and also, and also for me here, the real question is, and I always think this about passing stats, guys. Whenever you see this, you always see this, and it's always with good teams. And it's always like, wow, the one weakness this good team has is, oh, if you look at their, you know, people can pass on them. Yeah, people are passing on it because it's a blowout. Right there, they, you know what I mean. They blow you out, and then yeah, you throw for a bunch of yards late on them, and then whatever. So, I tend to believe that that's the case with Ohio State. I don't think Ohio State or some like oh their secondary is terrible or anything like that. And 
I don't think Michigan's passing attack is as subpar as people make it out to be, as, as I mentioned. So Michigan passed for 229 yards a game. It's ranked 71st. Um, where Michigan, you know, where Michigan get things done is on the ground. Michigan are the 15th ranked rushing attack in college football. They rush for 218 yards a game. Ohio State are very stingy on the ground. They only give up 102 uh, on the ground. You know, when you when you look at Michigan, though, there's a lot of thought that like Michigan can't score. It's a lot like Georgia, where it's like you you know you hear about Michigan's defense and all. Oh, Michigan only run the ball and they're pedestrian and all this type of stuff. Yet Michigan are also the 15th highest scoring team in the country, and they're right there in the pack with all the elite teams. I mean, Ohio State are the highest scoring team in the country. There's no disputing it. Uh, but Michigan do put up 36.9 points per game, and that's why this total is so high. And even though, you know, we just we just talked about Bo Schembechler, and you think about the Big Ten Championship on the line, et cetera, to go to the Big Ten Championship game and, and, and a playoff spot uh, on the line, you think Michigan and Ohio State, how is this game, like, going to score that many points? Well, the history says these games go over the number. You know, it's modern football right now, man. Even in these rivalry games and stuff, there's still a million points. And quite frankly, really, listen, they didn't play last year. They didn't play last year due to COVID. But the games before that, which don't really mean anything because Michigan are a completely different football team right now. I'd say Ohio State are the same. They're always the same. They're a juggernaut. But Michigan have not been able to stop them. Right, and they played in 2019. Ohio State scored 56 points on their own. In 2018, Ohio State hung 62 on them. That's the thing, you know. Ryan Day, you know, last year famously stated, "I want to hang 100 on Harbaugh." So, and they've come damn near close, haven't they? <laughs> right. But if you look in 2017, it was 31-20 Ohio State. 2016, it was 30-27 in overtime. 2015, it was 42-13 Ohio State. 2014, 42-28. 2013, 42-41. Right? Like, the, the history here, you have to go back to 2011 for Michigan. They won 40-34. Shoelace, Denard Robinson, baby. Little did we know huh, how long it would be after that. But as you see here, even though it's this big smash-mouth robbery, these games have gone over the number. In fact, the last seven matchups between these two storied rivals have gone over the number. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. 
Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Three-minute warning. Wow, it really was the quickest 180 minutes in sports talk radio once again. We flew by. Thanks to all of our guests for kicking it with us uh, tonight. So it's big game week uh, this week. Um, we got some football tomorrow night, actually. Tune in to Game Time Decisions at 6 o'clock Eastern. We got the Buffalo Bulls and uh, Ball State. And the good thing is, you know, people say, oh, we're talking about Michigan and Ohio State and stuff, but... Every one of these games counts to every one of these schools, all right? <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's like a bet, right? Somebody, it doesn't mean that a bigger bet is more important than, than a smaller bet for somebody. Everything is it's all relative. That's what I love about the bowl games, actually. You see the emotion of teams winning. and So we got some Mac football tomorrow. Uh, Buffalo Bulls and Ball State. I'm not going to give you anything on these games right now. Uh, but we, we usually do pretty well with the Mac, although the Mac can be uh, a little bit erratic, as we all know. You know what you're getting, all right? And uh, we've got a close basketball game late here. We're on Pepperdine plus 7.5. Fresno State's up 62-58 late. Listen, the, the way I thought about this, if they if they could go out of their way, if these kids could go out of their way and put the, put the books down uh, from their studying and play a basketball game in the middle of the night, the least I could do is bet on it, right? So it's the least. I mean, they're not asking a lot. So it's a sacrifice we have to make. And uh, we pulled the trigger on uh, Pepperdine in-game here. Right when it started, we got uh, we got Pepperdine plus 7.5. So they're down by 4 with like 3.40 left right now. Which, the way things have been going, I don't even want to say it, but <laughs> I'm going to say Fresno's probably going to win by eight, but no. No, no. Fresno's going to win by like five or six, and we're going to cover the number, baby. So to parlay that we're, we're playing here, we talk Thanksgiving football. little advance uh, play here. I do believe the Detroit Lions are going to get it done. And I am surprised, though. I thought I had a bold take when I said that the, I think the Lions will win more than one game. Except the sports books are only giving you a plus 120 right now for that. The new updated win total for the Lions is one and a half. Bold. So that means that the books think that the Lions win this game. And so do I. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 